Welcome to Sulphur Springs Baptist Church Sermon Audio. For more information, please visit our website at sulphurspringsbc.com. Thank you, choir. Thank you, church, for singing out. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. We're just going to look at one verse of Scripture. It's good to have my mom and my stepdad here with me. He told me I wasn't allowed to go more than five minutes, and so I picked one verse to preach this morning to go super short to get us out of here early, Uh, but I don't know how five minutes is going to work, but we'll see. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5, you just stood so you can remain seated. We'll Read this one verse of scripture, and uh, we will jump into our thoughts this morning, and uh, entitled the message, Just Giving Thanks, and um, had planned to preach something else a couple weeks ago, and Pastor Bradley asked me to preach, and this week the Lord changed my mind and uh, led me to this verse of scripture, and so we're going to change up a little bit, and uh, notes are provided for you in the bulletin if you want to follow along, just a simple thought today of giving thanks. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20, it says, Giving thanks always for all things unto God, the Father, in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for what you've done for us. Pray, God, that you would be with the words that I'm going to speak here on, the thoughts from your scripture that you've given me. Uh, Just some simple thoughts, some simple reminders for us this morning as we go into this Thanksgiving season and this holiday season that you would help us to be mindful of you, be thankful of you. In your name we pray, amen. Um, As I was thinking through this and studying through giving thanks and what it means to give thanks, um, this couple of weeks ago I had the opportunity to go uh, to a conference in Virginia and then I went to the Baptist State Convention here in North Carolina with Jerry and some of our people. And uh, it was a great, great time of fellowship. And while I was driving, a friend of mine came over. We drove up to Virginia. While I was driving and, and going around, um, nothing of this, this thought of giving thanks was, was presented. But I was challenged and it was brought to my attention just how thankful I am for some things that, that God has given to me and for me. And so uh, I came home uh, Saturday before I left out on Sunday and kids went to bed and <clears throat> I sat down with Allie and I said, Allie, I said, I said, uh, I said, I really, I just feel like that I haven't been thankful enough for my kids. I said, I, I want to just take each of them out on a date. I said, over the next couple of days, uh, weeks, I'm going to take Jade out, take Brody out. We're just going to have dad and daughter, dad and son time and just talk and just hang out. Um, and it was just really, it was just, it was a blessing for me. Uh, we do this we do it at Valentine's Day. We, we do our own little dates. I take Jade out. Mom takes Brody out and Hudson. Uh, but this was just sort of a spur of the moment time. And we just took them out, loved on them, took them to a restaurant, cashed in some gift cards that you guys gave uh, for pastor appreciation and just spoiled them a little bit. Uh, me and Jade went and got coffee afterwards. Uh, she got hot chocolate, but we got coffee afterwards. Uh, Brody, we, he wanted a dessert, so we got this big molten lava cake afterwards. Uh, just times to just sit there and say thanks, love on my kids, ask them questions. And it really, I don't know if because of that, God changed my mind to go this direction today. But I want us to understand and think through some things and think through what are we thankful for? What are some things that we can give thanks for uh, this morning? If you were to do a deep dive in your life, there's going to be some times where 
you're going to have bad days. You're going to have days that are, that are just really, really hard. Circumstances are, are hard. They're tough. We read through our prayer concerns. Uh, some, some of our people shared in our college class this morning some, some struggles that they're going through, some, some heartaches that they're dealing with in life as they grow up, and, they, and they're dealing with other people. Uh, but, but we can hopefully this morning learn to have joy through our most difficult days. I shared this thought with our teenagers. I heard it a couple of weeks ago. I shared it with our teenagers a couple of weeks ago. But this was the thought, and it really profoundly changed the way I think of things. But this is what it said. It said, you have survived 100% of your worst days. Think about that. You have survived 100% of your worst days. The worst days that you've ever experienced in your life are behind you. You may have a day that's worse in the future, but you're not there yet. But every day that's in the past that was a hard day, that was a difficult day, you survived it. You made it through it. And it's tough to even think about those days. It's tough to think about those heartaches. But God gave you the grace to make it through that day. So Ephesians gives us some great thoughts here of the secret of joy and productivity. I I wrote these down. They're not even in your notes just was sort of thinking through this after I printed the notes, and I wrote down four different levels of life, four different areas that you can be in in life, and and I want to just read through them, think through these, and really try to put yourself in where you're at in these categories. We'll start out with the worst level, and we'll work our way to the best level. The first one is this, of the worst area, uh, level in life that you may be at is if you are consistently or constantly complaining and grumbling. There are people that you know, there are people that, that we know, we may be one of these people that every time something happens, we're going to complain about it. They're going to grumble about it. Well, I didn't get that situation. I didn't get that new car. I didn't get that nice new vehicle. That, that person got that new iPhone. I didn't get that new iPhone. All of a sudden, you, you know these negative Nellies in our life. You know these people that are going to constantly bring everything down. Uh, this is the person that is constantly complaining and grumbling in life with situations. The second person is, is this person, the person who lives a life of ingratitude. Uh, when we were out with Brody, me and Brody went out, we had to go by the store and get something, and uh, <clears throat> he said, uh, he said, Dad, I got some money saved up, I want to go to the store and buy something. I said, Brody, we didn't, me and Jade, we didn't go to the store and buy anything. He said, I'll tell you what, Dad, if we go, I'll buy Jade something. I said, Okay. I said, all right, you got your money, you'll buy Jade's. This is what he said. We go through the store, we're, we're going to think. He picks out something he wants to buy her. This is what he said to me. He said, Dad, Jade better tell me thank you. <laughs> I said, Brody, we don't buy things for people to tell us thank you, even though they should say thank you. But, you know, in, in a nine-year-old mind, are people grateful? Are they in gratitude? Are people living in ingratitude. So people that complain and grumble, people who are living in gratitude. Number three, those who never thank God for his obvious blessings. So these are people that maybe don't complain, they don't grumble, maybe they say thank you to when, when you get something, but in their heart, are they thanking God for just obvious blessings? Are they thanking God for obvious things that are happening in their life? And number four, the last one, this is where I hope that we're all should be at, and, and it's hard to be here. We're going to talk through this today. Those who are grateful for all things at all times. Those who are grateful for and thankful for things and all things at all times. Unthankful people are often filled with this. These are some signs, some keys to look for 
when people are unthankful, people are bitter, people are fearful, people are negative, they're selfish, and they're full of self-pity. You think about we, our, our cautions, we just finished the book of Jonah. We studied eight weeks, we went through the book of Jonah. Jonah experienced blessing after blessing after blessing. And the last one that we read through today was the blessing of a plant that came up and gave shelter to Jonah. And that was the first time in the book of Jonah, after 42 verses, that Jonah said thank you and was grateful. He didn't say thank you when the storm stopped. He didn't say thank you when uh, the the sailors were going to kill him. He didn't say thank you when he was swallowed by the whale and God spared his life. He didn't say thank you when the the whale spit him out. He didn't say thank you when he went to Nineveh and he was going to be killed and they didn't kill him. He didn't say thank you when... God delivered 120,000 people from their wickedness. He gave thanks when a plant grew up and gave shelter to him. That's the first time he gave thanks. Okay, so people that are unthankful are often filled with bitterness, fear, negativity, selfishness, and self-pity. So how can we learn this morning to be thankful? How can we take some practical biblical advice from the Apostle Paul, as he's writing to the Ephesians, and he says, these are some things that you can do to be thankful. And so the first point, I'm not going to say anything that you've never heard this morning. I just want to help encourage us and maybe remind us of some things that we've failed to do. And so the first is this, when should we be thankful? When should we be thankful? Ephesians says this, giving thanks always. Say that with me, giving thanks always. We should always be thankful. Thanksgiving tradition's coming around. It's the week of Thanksgiving. We're going to eat more food than we should consume in probably one person's lifetime in one day. Okay, we're going we're gonna to gorge ourselves in turkey and ham and pecan pie and, and green bean casserole and whatever your favorite is. We're going to gorge ourselves. And, and oftentimes with Thanksgiving, we get this one day where maybe you've got a Thanksgiving tradition. Okay, in our house, our Thanksgiving tradition is we sit down with our family, uh, our small, intimate family, our five, and we go around and we give thanks for one thing that we're thankful for that day or for that year. And then we don't get to consume food until we say thanks for what we've done or for what God has done or a blessing that we received in that last year. We do that one day, but how often does it just happen that one day And we fail to do it the other days of the year. And this is just a reminder. uh, In Psalms chapter 68, the Bible says, Bless the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. The God who gives us benefits every single day. He's saying, bless the Lord in those situations. Jeremiah wrote a book of Lamentations. He's going through a hard time. He's going through a time where he has been torn apart. And the nation is in front of him. They're, they're rejecting what God is doing. And this is what Je- Jeremiah writes in Lamentations chapter 3. He says, is it the Lord of mercies that we are not consumed? That we are not destroyed in front of us? Is this not the Lord's mercies? And then he says this, because his compassions fail not. God's compassions upon our life never fail. Verse 23, they are new every single morning. Great is your faithfulness. 
God's blessings, God's compassion upon us as a people, as a generation that's lived in the most blessed generation that we've ever had in the history of the world. We've got more things at our fingertips than we've ever had in the history of the world. I shared this with our teenagers a couple years ago. The average person back in the dark ages had enough information in their brain as one web page on the internet. Go to Wikipedia, search one thing, 1972 Miami Dolphins, okay, perfect season, they're going to give you all the greatest teams that's ever lived, and then they're going to say the 72 Dolphins were the best ever, right, Glenn? He's, he's confirming, he's about to run a lap over here because he's getting excited that I'm talking about the 72 Dolphins this morning, so they're going to come up and they're going to have every, every play, every person that played on the team, they're going to give, that's the enough information on that one page that one person had during the Dark Ages, and we have millions and billions of web pages at our disposable fingertips that we can come up with and know information. And yet we're not thankful for those things at times. Thanksgiving should not just be one time a year. It should be 365 days a year. It should be 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Every single day of our life we should be giving thanks to the Lord who gives us blessings upon blessings. Teenagers and, and young people in today's day and age, they come and then the number one thing, I, I, just, I just heard the stat, me and Brody were riding, I was taking him to school and I listened to podcasts and so I'm trying to introduce him to podcasts and so I pulled up the briefing by Al Mohler, I listened to it almost every morning and this was the statistic that came across, I believe it was 52%, if I remember correctly, 52% of Americans right now are on an antidepressant drug right now. Anxiety and depression are the number one thing that doctors are prescribing to people to help them to feel better. Over half of America right now is on some type of antidepressant, okay? My mind went to this verse, Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious for anything. So Paul was writing to another group of people in the Philippi, and he says this, don't be anxious for anything. He says, put off anxiety, but then he just doesn't end there. Paul doesn't say, don't be anxious, people. Now go live your life. This is what he says. Don't be anxious for anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known unto God. You want to know how to deal with anxiety? I'm not saying don't take a pill. I'm saying, when's the last time we were thankful? When's the last time we took our focus off of self, like we just talked about with Jonah in our college class, we took our focus off of me, myself, and I, and we said, God, I just want to be thankful for what you've done for me. I want to be thankful for the blessings that you've given me daily in my life. I want to be thankful for these things that you have done for me. The moment we begin to put off anxiety and put on thanksgiving, put on what God has for us in our life, we will begin to live a life that can be thankful for all things. Which leads us to our next point. What should we be thankful for? Not only when should we be thankful always, but what should we be thankful for? Okay, Ephesians 5.20 says, Be thankful, give thanks always for all things, or for everything. So what are some things, some practical things that we can be thankful for? I wrote down four things. I didn't put slides for this, guys, but they're in your notes Four things that we can be thankful for this morning. The first one, they all start with F. Okay, the first one is this, thanking God or thanking him for your faith. Thanking him for your faith, 
for the faith that God has given us. The faith that you have was most likely given to you from your family, from your parents. Okay, Most likely most of us in here are second or third or fourth generation Christians because someone told us about Jesus. Someone in our direct family. Okay, But we have had someone to tell us about Jesus and so we have faith in him. We should be thankful to the Lord for our salvation. There's a song it came to my mind this week. I wrote the, the, the number down because I looked it up. It's in page 513 in our hymn book. Really old song. But it says, thank you, Lord. And it says this, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation so rich and free didn't cost us anything our faith is free we don't have to take out our wallet and give someone twenty dollars and they say you know what here's the faith of jesus you got it 20 bucks that's all i needed no the faith in jesus is free and the faith that we have to give us salvation is free but how often do we thank the lord for it how often do we just remember the goodness of the lord for our faith how often do we just sit down with our kids and reflect on God's goodness and the grace that he's given us and the faith that he's given us to believe in him, to trust in him, to have a life that is faithful in what he has done. Thanking God for our faith. The second one, because you know me and I like food, thanking God for our food, right? We've got to thank God for our food. We've got to be thankful for what God has given us. We've got to be thankful that uh, it, it, I've been on several mission trips that were when you go to a third world country and people are, are, are just, they, that is their daily life is just, what am I going to eat today? What, what food am I going to eat today? It's not what food is in my fridge. It's not what food is in my cabinet, what food is in my pantry. It's no, what am I going to do today to go and get food, to be able to survive, to have sustenance? We have more food than we know what to do with, and yet... Often are we think, well, I heard this this past week at the convention when I was hanging out with some people. One guy said, we are the only, only country in the world, America, that while we're eating, we are talking about our next meal. Think about that. We're eating breakfast. What are we going to have for lunch, mom? We're eating food right now. Why are you worried about that? Okay. I'm the world's worst. You ready? We're eating dinner. Hey, what are we having for lunch tomorrow? What do I need to thaw out of the freezer for tomorrow? We're, we're talking about food at our meal right now, and God says, how often are we thanking him for our food? And food is good, and we should thank God for it, okay? Thanking him for our faith, for everything, our food. The third thing, thanking him for our friends. Thanking God for your friends. This is something that that I've taken for granted many years of my life. And over the last, as I get older, I value these, these friends in my life more so than I ever did when I was younger. And if you're older than me or, or like me and you're 33 years or older, even a little bit younger than me, you will begin to understand the value of friends in your life. People that are going to be there no matter what. The world says they're the ride or die friends. The friends that are going to be there through thick and thin. That you know if you call them, they're going to pick up. If you send them a text, they're going to respond in a timely manner. Okay, I've got about three or four of these in my life. 
doesn't matter who I, what, when I call them, what time I call them, they're going to pick up. We have got to have these people in our life. Jerry Falwell, one of the great preachers of our time and of our day up in Liberty University, he said this statement. He said, a man is blessed if he has five forever friends. Five. Think about that in your life. Do we have five friends that you could call at any moment, in any given time, and say, I need whatever it is. Pray for me. I just need help. I just need someone to talk to. Do we have five people in our life that are that close to us that we can share every single intimate thing in our life? Again, I I said I've only got about three or four of these. And as a pastor, it's even harder because our friends have to be smaller because we live in a life and in a world that we are in a glass house. And so I've got to have people in my life that I can go to at any given time. And if it's that important for me, it's even so much more important for us, for us as a church family, to have those people that we can go to at any given time. So thank you for our faith, our food, our friends. And then the fourth thing, thanking him for your fortune. F-O-U-R-F-O-R-T-U-N-E, fortune, okay? And when I say fortune, uh, 90% of us, 95% of us, maybe 100% of you, thought of money just now. Okay, we're blessed, we've got money, God's given us a lot of things. I I did not write this in the intention of saying money, but what I want to write this in, in the word fortune is to say this, God has done so much for us, are we not fortunate people? This is the thought I want to get here, is fortunate. We have been given so much to be fortunate for what God has given us. The clothes on our back, the, the house that we live in, the cars that we drive, the, the ways that we get around, the ways we communicate with people. We are fortunate people to say God is good and I am fortunate to be living in this day and age, to be having the people that I'm around, to be loving the people that God has given me. I want to look, if you've got your Bibles open to Ephesians, I'm going to flip back to chapter 1. And I want you to listen to the word all in Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to read just a couple of verses. And it says this in verse 8, which lavishes us, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. Verse 9, making known to us the mysteries of his will according to his purposes, which he set forth in Christ. As a plan for the fullness of time to do what? To unite all things to him. Things in heaven and things in earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance. Having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. All, all, all. Three times in just a couple of verses. The Bible here is saying in Ephesians as Paul is writing this. All things, God is working all wisdom, all things, all things according to his counsel because we are fortunate people and God is working all things together. Ephesians 8.28, and we know for this that those who love God, all things work together for good to those who are called according to his purpose. I'm 33 years old, I've lived in Three different states, I've lived in North Carolina, I've lived in Arkansas, I've lived in Idaho. And in all three of those different states, things have happened in life. Situations have happened. Just, just last night or this morning, I think it was last night, uh, a, a boy, uh, fifth grade at Brody and Jade School and a third grader 
um, got the news that their dad died in a car accident last night. A couple of days before Thanksgiving, they just lost their dad. Never had the, the sadness of losing a parent. As I get older, I know that that day is coming. I know that's a hard day. Many of you in here have lost a parent. But I could not imagine a fifth grader and a third grader going into Thanksgiving losing a parent. God says here in Romans 8, 28, we know that those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. We don't always understand everything that God is doing in our life, but we can still thank God for everything. We may not understand why, but we can still praise God for the things that are being done, even in the hard times. One of the greatest acts of faith that you and I can have is to say this, Oh God, no matter what, I will praise you and thank you for all things. Even when we don't understand what the doctor says to us, why is this happening? When we don't understand why this diagnosis was given, why we don't understand what this is happening, we can still say, God, I don't know what it is. I don't know why it is, but I'm going to praise you and I'm going to thank you for all things. Okay, so how is it possible? Number three, how is it possible to be thankful for everything? How do I accomplish this, James? How do I accomplish being thankful for everything? Things are really bad. You don't understand, Pastor James. You don't understand what I'm going through. You don't understand why I'm going through. How can I do this? Three simple things. He gives it to us in this passage. The first one, we have to go back a couple of verses. But the first is this. We are to give thanks in the Spirit. Verses 18 and 19, if we go back and we read this, it says, And do not be drunk with wine, where is in is an excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourself psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making a melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for the things that God has done to the Father and the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are to be filled with the Spirit. If the Spirit is within us, Okay? And we are giving thanks. These two things are interwoven in our life. We cannot give thanks if we don't have the Spirit with inside of us. And if the Spirit is inside of us, there's no way for us to give thanks for the spiritual things because the Spirit is not inside of us. So the mark of a Spirit-filled life is someone who is grateful. You may say this morning, you know, I love Jesus, I love God, I love, I love the things of God, I love coming to church. But if you're one of those first categories that say I'm ingrateful all the time, then is the Spirit really working inside of us? Is the Spirit really drawing us to Him? Or is it our own selfish pride and envy that is causing us to go through life? The Spirit allows us to be thankful always for everything. The Spirit allows that to happen. You say, well, Pastor James, I don't understand. How can a five, fifth grade boy be thankful that his dad just passed away? I don't know. I'm not there. But I know God gives more grace than what we've ever been experienced in our life. And I know that, as I said at the beginning, we have survived every single one of our worst days because God gives us that grace. And when we rely on the Spirit of God to dwell inside of us and to direct our paths, He gives this correlation that that's what we should be filled with. That's what should be controlling our life, not some outside external uh, thing that we consume, but we consume the Holy Spirit and we're able to give thanks in the Spirit. The second way we do this is by this, we are to give thanks to God the Father. Why do we give thanks to God the Father? James 1.17 says this, every good gift 
and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Every good gift, every perfect gift. I, I can remember back and, and I, I think about some of the, the, the big gifts we got at Christmas time, right? We, we, we always got some big gift. And, and my mom and dad, they, they were the ones that, that sacrificed all year long in order for us to get those big gifts. And we would look back and we go to school and, and after Christmas time and everybody's comparing all the gifts they get. And not one of those kids went out and bought those gifts themselves. They were given that gift from someone else. And the Bible says here that every good gift comes from God the Father. And that's who we should be giving thanks to. We make this statement, it's famous in this church from Pastor Steve, and I love the statement, God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. And we say that statement, and we, we articulate that statement. But as I was even preparing this and thinking through this, this is what came to my mind. We say this thought, God is good all the time, but are we living it? We say it. It's easy to say it. Sometimes when we repeat things, we lose the meaning of it, right? One of the first verses we ever learned, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We know it. We can say it. From I was five years old, it was the very first verse I memorized in Sunday school. We know these things. We go through catechisms with our kids. We go through things where we repeat things back and forth. And when we repeat things, sometimes they lose effect, Right? Ever, ever, I have the opportunity at Good News Club, and that was the first verse we taught this year. And I had some fifth grade, or sorry, some, some first, second and third graders, this is the first time they came, because we haven't had Good News Club, and that was the first verse we taught them. And I, I can remember teaching that verse to them, and it's almost like this light bulb going off there. I said, God loved me? That he sent his only son to die for me? And it's like when they hear that for the first time, it, it is a shocking thing. And it is shocking when we hear it, but so often when we repeat things so often, it takes away that effect. But when we really consume our mind and we consume our thoughts and we meditate on God is good to us, all the time he's there, are we being thankful that he is good to us? Romans 1.21 says this, Because that when they knew God, they glorified him. But when they did not know God, Neither were they thankful, because they became vain in their imagination, and their foolishness of their heart was darkened. Paul is writing here in Romans, you want to know someone who doesn't know God? They're not thankful. It's literally what he's saying. He says, because that when they knew God, they were thankful. When they did not know God, they were not thankful. So we need to put an evaluation on our life and saying, am I going to be foolish in my heart and not be thankful to God? Or am I going to be one that says I am giving thanks always for everything to God? And then the last one here, we are to give thanks in the Spirit. We are to give thanks to God the Father. And then lastly, we are to give thanks in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There is no power, there is no name above names given unto men, then that is the name of Jesus Christ. The power of the name of Jesus, the power that gives us salvation, the power that allows us to to sustain in life the name of Jesus? Are we showing thanks to others or are we being self-centered in our own thoughts and actions? One of the things that was shared this morning in the video that we watched about Jonah, the guy said, when Jonah looked at his enemies, he said, get me as far away from Nineveh as I can possibly get. 
But when God sent Jesus to look at his enemies, he said, get me as close as I can to them, and I'm going to die for them. Which one are we living? Are we living the life of Jonah that says, get me as far away from anything that looks like Jesus, or am I living like Jesus who says, I want to go, and I want to love them, and I want to give my life. If it means I die for them, I die for them. If it means I love them, and I give my whole life, and I serve them, that's what I want to do, because that's what Jesus did. Or we live in the life of Jonah where we're only consumed with our own thoughts. The power of thanksgiving requires us to give thanks always for all things in the Spirit, in the Father, and in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we've got to ask ourselves this morning. Am I living in that moment every single day of my life? As our musicians come, Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for what you've done for us. We thank you for... The blessings that you've given us, Lord, uh, so often we get caught up in, in our dark days. We get caught up in, in our hard times, and it's hard for us to reflect on who you are. So God, I pray this morning that you would allow us to thank you for who you are and what you've done. Lord, I don't know why you, you wanted me to preach this. I don't know why you changed my mind halfway through the week. Lord, but I know that you are a good God, and you are perfect, and you are holy in all your ways. So I thank you for that, God. I thank you for what you've done. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. Please remember to drop a rating and subscribe to get our latest audio.